Hey there! It looks like you found yourself between two tablets, where we connect people and technology in an ever-changing world. Stick around, you just might like what you hear. Hello and welcome to another episode of Between Two Tablets. I am your host, Monica, and here I have with me Ben today. Woohoo! Yeah. Hello. <laughs> So, uh, how's it going? Good. I How are totally you? was going you know, to you're doing. I was wondering. We we're going to get off on the wrong foot. So, <laughs> today's a great day. It's raining. It is. In Kansas City. It is a good day. Okay. And I left my um, car window open last night. Oh, so it's an even better day. It's a for really you. good day. Yeah. I love There's no smell that matches. <laughs> Interior is it cloth or leather? It's cloth. Ah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's no smell that is better than just like musty, <laughs> moldy interior my, car cloth that gets wet. My car is nine and a half years old. Yeah. If that helps paint the picture. Yeah. I got you beat. Believe it or not. Oh well, that's that's a I'm, good thing. I'm going on 13 years Ooh. with old silver bullets. See, I so. feel like I'm just breaking her in. Yeah. Like, just now getting to know each well, other. Well, and well. I know you take Bandy, your pup, with you pretty All much everywhere. All the time. So now it not only smells like wet interior <laughs> yes. car cloth, but wet interior car cloth with a and, side of pooch. And right. And I I uh, was wiping it up with. The blanket that I have in there. For oh, even That's all you that was available, what? and I was I like, feel, I gotta go. I feel terrible for your washing machine. It's disgusting. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's okay. So we're gonna fix that later. Maybe time to upgrade and get a new blanket. Yeah, exactly. Or a new car, or both. I've been questioning. Yeah, we'll talk about that another yeah. time. <laughs> anyway, so I'm sure that you guys are curious about what we're talking about today. It's not my dirty car. It's <laughs> actually about bottlenecks that happen within. Um, a company and specifically here at TechCycle, what we can experience, you know, with, um, I guess, just processes that um, aren't prepared, I guess, mm-hmm. like because of things that could be prevented in the first place. So, yeah. um, Ben, if you want to explain kind of in further detail what that means. Yeah. Yeah. When you told us we were going to talk about bottlenecks today, I was like overly optimistic that I'd be drinking beer at 10 o'clock right. in the morning, right. but apparently I'm going to have to do that on my own time. So, uh, no, bottlenecking for those people that don't know, you imagine yourself holding a beer or milk gallon or whatever mm-hmm. and, and it happens where you know you try to get a perfect pour in a glass or whatever well you guys all know what happens if you tip the glass completely vertically like it right. it you get that like glug, glug, glug sound and it starts to what should be a very solid stream of liquid coming out ends up like getting clogged up because it basically is like a funnel it starts right. out wide and it narrows towards the top so you're getting too much pressure and the the top is so narrow that it can't evenly distribute that pressure right it's no different in a business so you have processes in place to be able to streamline everything that you're working on well if at any point in time your process is moving faster than the uh, end result can accommodate it's going to get jammed up and so you know, we're not like a, we're not an assembly factory, but if you think about it this way, like you're working for Boulevard Brewing Company mm-hmm. and your job, Susie Q, is to pull right. the six packs off the line once they're capped and the bottles are ready to go in their cases. Right. And you're supposed to pull them off and stack them in the box or whatever. And the lines, it's a conveyor. It's mm-hmm. moving constantly. And old Susie gets a call from, from Granny saying like, I haven't talked to you in a while. How are you today? And so she takes her phone call and walks, it happens all the time. Uh, She takes the phone call, she walks away from the line while, like, the bottles are still moving and they're not getting taken off and put in the case. 
And naturally, you can imagine what happens. The bottles start falling off the line, mess yep. everywhere, bottles group up at the end, glass starts shattering, it becomes a huge mess. So yeah. while we're not in like assembly and manufacturing, it still happens here. And it happens in the service industry a lot. Right. Um, no matter really what part of it you're in, uh, you could be in the food and beverage industry, you could be in like automobile service, you could be in technology, and yeah. it still can happen because you have a very set like standardized process of how you like to do things, but one disruption in that can cause the entire thing to just fall apart or yeah. have a what we experience and we'll get into a little bit is a drastic delay in the overall delivery of our product and service. Okay. So. So, like, what are common turnaround times that we can have our customers expect from us? Yeah, so if the if the process is working the way that it's intended to work, we, we for our repair side of things, the service for sending a device in for a cracked screen or whatever, getting that fixed, we like to hang our hat on a 48-hour business turnaround from okay. the day it hits our doorstep to the time it gets back out to the customer. Um, we hit that mark pretty consistently. Now, we have some customers to where they'll send a large batch and they don't want us to ship anything back until the entire batch is ready. Yeah. So I say that with an asterisk. You know, right. every situation is different. But based on how it comes into our triage, how it moves throughout the process and everything being smooth as it should be, 48 hours. Okay. Our buyback or our ITAD program. Mm-hmm. We typically tell the customer 30 days, but realistically, again, if everything is as described and we can process it quickly, it usually is five to seven business days at most, depending on the size of the lot. So, um, you know, we hang our hat on being one of the more efficient service providers in the industry. Um, But again, it has to be a scenario where the stars align, everything. And, And I can tell you, having been in this industry for over 10 years now, that Things never go. This is just life in general. Things never go the way that you Mm -hmm. anticipate. And you can plan and and whatnot. So what I've learned is that instead of trying to plan for how the process should be, you have to plan for what the process is not going to be, which is like that's the harder stuff to work through is, okay, when that bottleneck does happen, how do we not disrupt our customer's experience that much rather than, well, this is how it's supposed to go. You just throw that out the window. You need that as your, like, foundation. But then from there, you need – 18 different extensions and paths for yeah. it to go off of to say, well, if this happens, then this. If this happens, then this. And, and I that's... think that's also why it's important for everyone to, like, know their piece in the puzzle. Yeah, right. um, coming on board, but also to know, like, hey, we might ask you, like, maybe step out of your current role. Like, yeah. help out in these areas just in case something were to happen, you know. Yep. Like, everyone's kind of resilient that way. and. I guess, familiar with the yeah, role. Yeah, great opportunity to brag on our staff that that uh, we definitely hire attitude over aptitude. We have a lot of smart yeah. people here, um, but there's nobody in the building that is above doing any job because right. those bottlenecks do happen on a regular basis, and it does vary from department to department to project to project. And so at any given time, we've made sure that we have the proper resources that mm-hmm. we can allocate to put those fires out, so to speak. And it's always funny when people ask me what I do, I kind of like joke that I'm like a tech firefighter. Like my job is just <laughs> yeah. to put fires out every day, every week, right. every month to ensure that the process and, and the wheels keep turning for our business. And um, it is great to see what we've built internally to be able to accommodate to those disruptions. Yeah. But I know today we're going to talk a little bit about how we can improve or even um, possibly prevent those disruptions from happening from the customer's perspective. What can our customers do to ensure that the process is 
the quality of service that we expect to be able to deliver right. to them. It's a two-way street. It takes a little bit of work on their end. It takes a little bit of work on our end and yeah. usually makes it So what sales. would you say, um, what are like common factors, I guess, to get in more into detail when the stars don't align? Like what um, holds up the process specifically, I guess? Yeah, so a lot of times we're obviously dealing with IT professionals where uh, managing the assets is only one sixteenth of their job, and, and you know when when they're dealing with internet issues or their right. employees have email problems or their servers go down or whatever it is, this is kind of a headache for them, and and that's why this industry was created in the first place. Was like just send us your stuff, like we'll fix it. Yeah, don't, that makes sense. Don't put that on your plate. You've got better things to do with your time. So we understand that it's not a top priority. We understand that these guys don't have the benefit of like making a nice spreadsheet of all the stuff they're getting ready to send us and going through and doing the diagnostics and all that. That's why we exist. We say, just put it in a box and send it to us. Right. That being said, we do require a little bit of information up front so we know what we're getting. We know what the problem is because a lot of times we'll get a box of devices and there are no notes. We don't even really know where we're looking. And we know that we have like an intake process that will go through every little bit of equipment, but sometimes we can't replicate the issue because we don't know what the issue is, or uh, maybe they put the wrong note on the wrong device. And so uh, it really gets delayed in the intake process, either because we don't have enough information or we have Mm -hmm. the wrong information. And it's also difficult because the customers that we are helping out, like their profession is not in diagnosing Chromebooks or iPads. And so what they think or report to be wrong with the device oftentimes is not what's actually wrong or there's something else in addition to. Yeah, you go to the doctor and you say, there's something wrong with you. They're like, actually, it's this instead of what you came in for. Correct. Like the self-diagnosis is almost never correct. That makes sense. And it's almost always worse than (laughs) than what what you think it is. Well, sorry. Yeah, right. There's the truth here. You know, and, and so I would almost say that like we have a reverse bottleneck issue. Like our bottleneck starts at the top. So if you imagine that, like trying okay. to fill a bottle from the bottom, like flip it oh, over and try true. to fill. Because our, our bottleneck really starts during the intake process when we very like will first receive a delivery or a shipment of devices. Okay. And it's usually in the form of communication because we'll go through the intake process mm-hmm. and something is not as described or we can't replicate an okay. issue or there were no notes or they said they were sending us an iPad 7 but we got an iPad Air and so that immediately stops the process because right. now before we can proceed to the next part of the process we have to get with the customer right. and say hey customer here's what's actually happening well again not being the priority one two or three for the individual that we're working with mm-hmm. it's not a quick response so oftentimes we've already eaten into that 48 hours just waiting on uh-huh. a response from the customer to figure out what the next steps can be because we really pride ourselves on not fixing things unnecessarily. We don't mm-hmm. want to charge the customer without their permission. We don't want to move forward with a repair until we know that they're on the same page. We could just yeah. be a place that's like, well, you sent it in for this, but this was wrong. It's five times more expensive. Exactly. That's what we build you for. We don't like those surprises. So uh, it really is something that in order to 
ensure the greatest amount of accuracy and the greatest level of efficiency it is like the more details we can get about the device that you're sending in up front the quicker the process will be right um i mentioned pricing that's something that we like to make sure we agree on with our customer prior to even servicing a single device of theirs because we don't want to have to stop every repair to ask permission hey you know do you approve this repair do you approve this repair exactly so what we usually ask for when we get our SLAs with our customer is for them to define what their repair limits are from a cost standpoint. Um, not all of our customers do that, and that's okay, but um, it definitely helps the process because right. we don't have to stop moving to go back to the customer. We don't want to interrupt the customer any more than they want to be interrupted. Exactly. And so we want to get a device. We want to know what the reported issue is. We want to know what your repair limit is so that we can just say, here's the problem. Does it fall underneath their threshold? Yes, it does. Repair it and get it sent right back out. Right. And I just randomly have this question, but like, does it happen in seasons or is it kind of just random? It's totally random. Um, yeah. The one thing about this industry is we're very dependent on accidents happening. It's kind of like car yeah. insurance. Like, right. you know, like it, It's great for <laughs> car insurance companies and like a wreck isn't, a wreck is probably more likely to happen in the winter when it's snowing outside but mm-hmm. like it doesn't mean that it's going to have not happen in july when it's sunny and 150 degrees like right. it still just happens when it's going to happen there's right. nothing you can do to control it okay that makes sense we do have like fluctuations from our k-12 customers where we see busy seasons and we're obviously coming on up to that with school ending in so many of these states so May, June, July are really heavy months for okay. us because students are turning in all their devices and little Jimmy, who's been working with a cracked screen on his yeah. iPad all year and didn't report it because his parents didn't want to pay the bill. Like <laughs> We get those surprises at the end. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and then obviously we do a lot of white glove stuff where school districts don't have the resources to go through, wipe every device, clean it, get it repaired and ready for the next semester or yeah. the next school year. And so we offer that service to them. Um, and then usually like Christmas break or holiday breaks or whatever, um, we'll see a little bit of an uptick in volume. But mm-hmm. I will say that like we've got a pretty diverse uh, portfolio of customers that are outside of just K-12 to where we see a consistent volume. But um, as far as how it's affected by the bottlenecking, like most of our customers send things in in bulk. And so we may okay. be able to get 70% of that one single batch done at once because it was diagnosed correctly we know what the threshold is but then the other 30 percent is just waiting in the customer status like waiting on customer response or waiting on parts or whatever it is um, which could have been prevented in the beginning by just getting a little bit more information and naturally it just delays the amount of time that like how quickly we can get that stuff back to the customer i got you okay and so i mean it'd probably be like salespeople and stuff or like their one representative yeah but is that who you'd recommend that they go to for like the specific details to, maybe like a refresher of what to do yeah. how to send in these devices yeah probably. i mean communication is is key yeah. in any in any business and and i do think that our sales team they do a great job on the like during the onboarding process to really educate our customers on the yeah. best practices um but at the end of the day what's the phrase like you can lead a horse to water like it's exactly. it's one of those things and we don't hold it against our customers because we understand like we created this business to be a convenience for them exactly. so that they don't have to waste their time this is more of educating 
the customer to understand when we do come across those delays, that's why. And it's right. not to say that we need all these boxes checked before you send in a device. It's more to get people to understand what happens behind closed doors behind the scenes in the operational process that can cause those disruptions and delays. Um, so continue to send us your stuff with nothing on it. We will happily go through and diagnose every device. We do it anyways. We have an intake process that checks everything regardless of whether you said it works or not because True. we want to make sure we're handing you back something that was in better shape than when we got it. Makes so sense. we aren't requiring those things. It just makes the process go a little bit quicker, a little bit more efficient. Um, and our sales team during that onboarding process will usually cover those things. They'll cover the pricing thresholds and all that stuff. So, um, but yeah, if there are ever any questions about it, reach out to your rep and, and talk to them about any questions or concerns or ideas that you have on how we can improve. Because every school district's different. Their budgets are different. Uh, the way they send stuff in is different. We yeah. have some that wait and send stuff once a quarter. We have customers that send stuff in every week, and we have customers that wait until they have 50 to send us, and that may take okay. six months. So yeah, everybody operates differently, and um, that's why I said our foundation, our core process is critical, but like that's just to have a foundation. We've built the extensions and the different lanes off of that to know that like, if this is what happens, then we have a solution in place. So we never feel like we're completely disrupting our customer experience to the point to where it's an extreme inconvenience, especially because our communication is so great with our customers and our live portal updates. And then obviously the reps relationship with them as well. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and I forgot to bring this up earlier, it's kind of <laughs> silly, but the Extract movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, right. so actually this movie I watched recently, it's kind of ironic that we're talking about this right now, but like, it's such a silly movie. I don't know if you guys have seen it or anything, but um, there's actually a girl on the assembly line yep. who like got mad or something at somebody else. And she was like, well, I'm hands off and I'm not going to do this. And yeah. like, obviously like the bottles and stuff started falling off yeah. and just crashing. And it's like, perfect example. That's it. <laughs> and, and, and. I wish that like that stuff was brought. I, it's a valuable lesson, and you guys have heard me ramble on way too many podcast episodes about just my personal beliefs on like yeah. how I think people need to really think about things more and really just take like what I refer to as the universe throwing things at you. Yeah. Like in those movies, picking up on that, like it's intended to be funny, but like that happens. It's so true. That's a real thing, and yeah. it can be applied to any business. It can be applied to really anything that has any sort of infrastructure, yeah. um, whether it be in your personal or professional life. So um, it's relatable when you see it in that way, because mm-hmm. you're like, well, yeah, like the belt's still moving, and the bottles of vanilla extract or whatever are still going down exactly. the line, but like this one person who's responsible for this one part, if they stop, then everything starts to back right. up. Right, or if it's too much for them to handle or right. some unforeseen circumstance or something. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, and I think that any business person that you talk to or just any human being will be the first to admit that like those assembly lines are in place for the most efficient operation, mm-hmm. but not a single day goes by without a disruption to that process. And so right. you have to be willing and, and able to, to adjust and adapt quickly. Yeah. And I think that that's one thing that we've done really well. And it doesn't come without some growing pains to where we have to accommodate different customers that maybe don't want to fall in line with what our core processes are. But that's the beauty of what we do compared to a lot of more established brands that have been yeah. in the industry for 10, 15 years is like, you're going to do it our way. This is our way. And if you don't follow this, then like, sorry, but exactly. you're not for us. We're right. over here like, what can we do to make this easier of for course. you? Like, that's our job. Yeah. Um, and so I want to make sure everybody takes that message away from this particular episode is 
this is not intended to come across as like do better customers right. like send us stuff with all these check boxes and like you need to take six hours out of your day right. instead of putting out these fires at your school it's not intended to be that whatsoever it's really just to bring some some exposure and shed some light to like what those disruptions look like on our end and how mm-hmm. we try to overcome those. Like help to me not, help you. Correct. And very it's, simply if you want to take some of those pointers and you've got the bandwidth to do it, yeah. great. We will get your stuff back even quicker. But if not, we'll keep doing what we do. It's just a good opportunity to talk about kind of the behind the scenes things that happen here that people don't really get to yeah. get to experience. So gotcha. Well, that was really cool. I got to learn a lot there myself. Good. You know, you yeah. think you know some stuff and then you learn a lot more when you just talk about something. So. Yeah. Um, well, thanks for joining me today, Ben. Of course. Anytime. And, Happy um, to do it. We will catch you guys next week on another episode of Between Two Tablets. Cool. Bye. Bye.